welcome to Quilting Business Success, the podcast where we interview quilters just like you who have turned their passion for quilting into a profitable long-arm quilting business. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver, and in each episode, we'll bring you stories of quilters who had the same doubts and fears that every quilter has when they think about pursuing their quilting dreams. But these quilters moved forward anyway, despite their fears, and today, you'll hear their stories. give people a minute to come in at this point. So the way it works is when we click the button to start the webinar, uh, now we've done that. And so that's allowing people to come in. And a lot of people will usually, and when I say a lot, it might be 10 or 15 people that'll come in in the first uh, few seconds. And then over like the first five minutes, uh, more people will come in after that. Um, sometimes people will duck out before it's over. Um, a lot of times they have a particular question they want to ask and they'll ask it in the chat. And so at the bottom of your screen, if you're uh, viewing this uh, live, at the bottom of your screen, you'll see a little uh, control called chat. And if you click on that, you can type in whatever your question is for Jolene or Donna and Mike or for ourselves. And then periodically we'll check that chat box and and read what your uh, what your question has been. I'm going to send that call to voicemail. Can come back later. Um, let's see. There was something else I wanted to to get to. You wanted to cover all the ground rules, make sure they don't misbehave. Uh, <laughs> misbehave? <laughs> oh, never, never going to happen. Uh, I, uh, I'm Andrew. Uh, this is Bobby. Uh, we do this podcast all the time. Um, it is a live webinar, but also I want to let you know that uh, if you're watching it later or whatever, if you have to duck out before it's over, uh, you can uh, go on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts or on gamble.com. You can uh, pick them up. And we've got, I think, 15 or 16 prior episodes that you can, people have said that they will binge listen to them. They'll just uh, play yeah. the episode <laughs> while they're piecing a quilt or whatever. And uh, I would encourage you to check that out. And then also um, those uh, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and on Google Podcasts help other people to find the, uh, find the program. And if you know somebody who would benefit from this information, tell them about it because uh, it's not nice to keep good things to yourself. So that's right. And we, so we've got, uh, uh, people from two different locations, uh, with us today. We've got, uh, Mike and Donna Caldwell with us. And we also have Jolene Schindler. Um, and we have by the flip of the coin, we have decided to begin this program, uh, talking to Jolene. And again, Mike and Donna, while we're interviewing her, if you, feel uh, like you want to contribute something to what's being said, you you can feel free to jump in anytime. But uh, we're going to start out with uh, Jolene. And Jolene, we're really glad to have you with us. Um, so where is home for you? Where are you located? So I've just recently um, moved to upstate New York in the Albany area. Um, I moved here in May of 23. And by the grace of of goodness, uh, Gamma was able to um, take down my machine and I transported it up here and Gamma came back in and put it all back together within, I think, 30 days. Oh, so, how far did you uh, move from? Where did you move from? Uh, from Florida. <laughs> so oh, it was a big <laughs> One extreme to the other. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm over the heat. Um, quilting isn't fun in the heat. So I enjoy, I absolutely enjoy being up here and being in my studio and being able to quilt with no air conditioning and having the windows open. <laughs> well, let's hope you're not over the cold by the time you get through a New York winter. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> we had our first big, big snow in the last two days. So we had like 14 inches of snow and my dog's never been in it. So she was in it and like tunneling and putting her nose in it. So that was, that was an extreme. <laughs> That's fun. Would, would you, would you say that where you're at is a rural area or suburban? 
<clears throat> I am in a rural area. Yes, I rural. am. Okay. Yep. And did yep. you move from a rural area as well? No, no, I was in uh, Sarasota, Bradenton okay. area. So pretty, you know, suburban. You just changed everything, didn't you? I did. <laughs> well, I think a lot of times it helps people to place, you know, when they're thinking about how your experience is going to be similar or right. dissimilar from theirs. It helps right. to know about, you know, if you were in a city or a suburb or mm -hmm. where, where that is. So, right. So yeah. Jolene, um, how long have you been? on this adventure of long arming? Oh, wow. Of long arming, I purchased my first long arm in 2011. And um, it was it was my second choice of brand, but um, I was able to purchase the long arm and get familiar with it to the point where I knew what I wanted ultimately was the Statler. And um, the little machine was a, I started out as, as a long armor for myself. I took classes at local quilt shops and, and I finally realized like what happens after we make these quilt tops mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, not knowing. And, and I had piled them up and I'm like, ladies, what do we do with them? And they're like, well, you send them to a long armor. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, I had gone to a, a show in Tampa um, a, a quilting show and I I got my first eyes on a gamble and I said that's that's my ultimate dream that's the machine that I crave and so um, I decided in 2015 that I was going to delve deep into the quilting uh, industry I went to Houston as a long armor and as all you all you know that there's there's just so much of the quilting industry. There's applique and, and Sashiko and, oh, it just goes on and on and on. And I thought if I was going to be a serious quilter that I needed to really hone in and figure it out what it is that I wanted to do. Was I going to be just an edge to edge? Or was I going to be freehand rulers? I mean, even in the, the long arming industry, there's a huge gamut of choices. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I, I went to a show up in uh, New Hampshire and I delved into, um, the rulers and the instructor there, her and I became really good friends and I, I see her every year. Um, I, I worked with her, with her rulers and, um, it's just, it's an, an amazing, it's an amazing tool what you can to, can do with the rulers and the Statler together. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where my genre is. Mm -hmm. So you had your first machine for maybe three or four years. And at that point you were just focused <laughs> on taking care of your own quilt tops. Is that what I'm that's, gathering? That, yeah, exactly. And, and learning because there is a large learning curve. And um, my first machine also had, um, software on it mm -hmm. and had I had I've gone gamble first I would have done so much better in the other software because <laughs> Statler is so much easier to use than all of the other software programs out there it really mm -hmm. is you've been pretty happy with the, the Statler software oh yeah absolutely mm -hmm. yeah so then in 2015 I purchased my Statler it's a 26 inch and um I have the hydraulics because I, I didn't realize, <laughs> I didn't realize that people just don't quilt for shows and I was quilting for shows. So that was my like focus and needing the hydraulics to really focus in on and, and do my finite work. And that's, that's a huge back saver. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I, I, I put a couple um, quilts into shows and each time I I entered I went up one more notch and I finally did the um, Hoffman challenge and I ended up winning second place that's this one right here um, second place overall and then I won the Orophil thread challenge so that was a huge confidence builder um, 
And then the women at the quilt shop heard about it. And then that's how my business really took off. Jolene, will you take this? We, I just want it edge to edge. And, and then I convinced them like, you've done such beautiful work um, and you're piecing maybe spend an extra hundred dollars and I can do some semi-custom and, and Statler work together. And, and, and they, they agreed. So. So I, I don't understand yet. Uh, maybe you can help me to understand. Mm -hmm. You had some kind of moment or period of time there where you decided to get really serious about your long arming. And I don't know, you know, obviously the purchase of a Statler machine going up to, to that was a part of that, but what was what was driving that choice? Was it just that you wanted to have a business, or how does that interplay in there? I I'm missing right. what's behind that. Yeah, yeah. So I I was a um, an accountant. My husband and I, at the time, had um, a practice, and I was working full time. And I was looking at the amount of time that I was working on a tax return compared to a, the love I have for quilting, and was it was coming out to be about the same amount for, for tax return for quilt. And I'm going, I want out of here. I want to be doing quilting instead. And so that's where the mm. big switch was. Gotcha. Um, so and, when you first, when you first started, did you begin with the, the purpose, you began with just the purpose of quilting for yourself? A hobby. Yes. Or, just okay. as a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. So then when I, when I realized what the, what the gamble can do, the, the, it's more industrial. And that's when I said, you know, and winning that first, winning that first prize and, and going to some of the, the classes really invigorates you to be confident and not be afraid of your machine. And that was the other part of, um, I'm a long arm quilter and I'm an educator. So when I found out that women had these long arm machines and they weren't utilizing, they were using me to quilt. I wasn't, I wasn't afraid to give up my paycheck to teach them because when you, when you help somebody and you educate them and give them that confidence, that's, that's a joy in itself. That's, that's rewarding um, as quilting a quilt for someone to me. And so are you now uh full-time quilting are you still doing anything else or i retired from accounting last year and uh so now i because i've established in new york i'm just now starting to get um work from the ladies from the local quilt guild and i i did work tremendous amount i paid off my machine and I got to a point where I didn't want the, I didn't want the work to become a work habit. I wanted, I still wanted to have the enjoyment of quilting for others. And so now I do more of custom, semi-custom. Um, and, you know, and also with the pandemic, I think all of us were kind of challenged um, with, with quilting for others. Um, it kind we of got changed over the whole landscape there, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And it and but now <laughs> all those quilts that the ladies have quilted and men have quilted have piled up and I see them coming down the turnpike. <laughs> yeah. So so this is interesting because um accountants most of us know a few accountants and you guys are normally known for being very, very careful with money. And mm -hmm. when you decided to buy a, a Statler machine you pick the most expensive machine on the market well, of course um, so so that's something that you obviously looked at very carefully before making that decision what what was the primary thing or the top couple things that made you make that decision for a gamble um because i had the the more of the hobbyist long arm at home um i wanted the first of all first and foremost is customer service I can't tell you how great it is to work with Gamble's customer service. Um, you can reach them on the phone. You can reach them through Facebook if you have any any type of trouble. And so that was the first and foremost thing was was customer service. 
The second is that the machine is, is industrial. I knew that I was going to have this machine for a long time and the, the, um, just the versatility of it, of having a Statler take over some of that, the busy work in place of when I'm, I'm working on another quilt that's going to be custom. Cause I, I do plan out my custom work. Um, and I'll tell you about that. Um, the, one of the features of, of Statler, and I've watched a lot of the, the, the videos here. One of the greatest features is to be able to bring in a picture from your phone into, into creative studios and give your customers choices of edge to edge or what you think that you're going to be able to put down on that quilt. Um, because it, you know, you, your, your clients can sometimes get, well, what about this? And what about this? If you can just hone it down on three choices mm -hmm. and be able to show them through that creative studio picture, um, it, that has saved me a lot of time, mm -hmm. a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So when you first started, um, doing it, uh, as a business mm -hmm. and since, um, uh, can you tell us, just kind of tell us a little bit about, um, uh, did you know there was enough long arm business uh, or, and where to get customers uh, and, and what does that picture look like then and now? Um, then I was really geared into the local quilt shop. They really supported me through this endeavor of, of finding out what kind of long arm um, quilter I was going to be. And, um, a lot of the, a lot of the piecers, um, they're, they're particular and for whatever reason, I think, I think part of me as a quilter is that I'm very humble and I can tell, I can tell my clients, I'm not going to be able to do this. You need to find somebody else that has this certain technique that you're looking for, or I'm just very upfront and honest of how long it's going to take their expectations and their money. And um, I don't know, they, I, they gravitated to all my samples that I would hang in the, the, the store. And that's basically, it was just my showing my work is what brought in my, my clientele. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, and I, and I didn't need to have a certain amount every week. It wasn't like a, because at the time I'm, you know, married and, and I have other sources of income. Now it's a little bit different. Um, because I'm retired, I kind of set my own pace. And because I am doing custom or semi-custom, I'm not producing like 300 quilts a year. I'm, I'm more of maybe 175 mm -hmm. and, and, um, Spending and more time on each one. Yeah. Spending more time. And then I also have that split personality of a, of helping others learn their machines and educating them on that. Mm -hmm. And I've also, um, I'm also doing some, um, I was certified with quilt in a day to teach how to teach ladies how to piece and, and, and gentlemen, I should say, <laughs> sorry. There's um, a few of them out there. Yeah, there are lots of them. And so that also being in the classroom with my, my students, they're piecing, they're trusting me. And so they also want me to finish their quilts for them. So that's how I've been able to get the right amount of quilting for me, because it can, you as a new business owner, if someone is, as a quilting endeavor, you can get to a point where you're this, the quilts start to stack up and then, and then you can never catch up. Because it is a, it can, you can open up a huge can of worms once people know that you, oh, you long arm. <laughs> right. Um, many times, many times finding customers is one of people's biggest concerns at the beginning. Uh, and sometimes it takes them a while to kind of make those friendships and those connections so that yeah. the quilts start to flow in. Um yeah. Do you have the same machine today that you started with or have I you do. done any upgrades to it or anything like that? No, I don't think there are upgrades. They, when they um, put my machine, machine back together, 
I got the new buttons and the new feet. Mm -hmm. um, upgraded the feet. And that's about it. It's it's mm -hmm. it's a workhorse. I love and it. And <laughs> of course, you get the free software updates every time we come up with a software update. They're always free. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the pattern, the iCloud pattern, uh, I I love that. I don't have to store them. <laughs> right. Right. Um, how did you come up with the funds to purchase your machine? So as an accountant, I know that it's wise <laughs> to, um, well, for me, um, it, it was wise for me to finance it through, through your, um, finance company. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you still do that. That was back in 2015. We have the same partner today. Yep. Awesome. They're, they are fantastic too. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it also, because I had that payment, it motivated me to make sure that I did at least the minimum in the beginning. I knew that, you know, I've, I'm not going to take any funds from anywhere else. It's going to be all from what I do. Hmm. And that's how, that's, and that's, know. that's a kind of a neat mental, mental trick because we do sometimes need to, you know, uh, trick ourselves mm -hmm. in certain ways to do the things that we know we need to do. Right. Yeah. Now that you're doing this as a full-time, as your full-time career, basically, um, mm -hmm. how, how many hours would you say you put in, say, weekly uh, with quilting? Weekly. Oof. Um, gosh, I'm down there so much. <laughs> you live down there, basically? <laughs> yeah, it's only because it's really comfortable. <laughs> um. I, I would say maybe six to eight hours a day. So 40 hours, maybe even on the weekends, if, if so. Um, and it's not just, it's not just a hundred percent, you know, on the machine it's mm -hmm. designing and it's, and it's, you know, putting together my, my classes and um, consulting. So yeah. Right. I, I get the picture. It's not work. You know, no, once, once you get that cup of coffee and uh, head into your studio, you probably disappear in there all day. Yeah. So you like this better than accounting? Oh, just a little. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm kind of picking up on that vibe. There. <laughs> I still do the numbers and I'm still true to, to accounting. And, and that is a really big part of your business that keeping records and and um, uh, yeah, making sure you have a good business plan because, yeah. A lot of people don't have any knowledge of that when they go into opening a quilting business. And we have a, we have a very comprehensive um, program for people, which they can take advantage of um, called Accelerate that has a, a lot of different sections, including legal and accounting and things that many times people they don't want to know a lot about accounting, but they need to know enough about accounting that they don't make big mistakes. And of course, right. one of those things is they need an accountant. So, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. But a lot of times the accountant also is not necessarily, uh, they don't know anything about quilting businesses in general. You may be their only client of with right. that type of business, but it's, it's yeah, accounting is important. Yes, um, and each state is different when it comes to the sales tax and how you register your your business. So, definitely, if that is in the um, accelerate, then mm -hmm. I highly recommend. Yeah, we've had really. That. I've heard really good feedback about the uh, accelerate uh, program. Good. The the uh, the interesting things that vary from state to state. You know, you'll have you'll have people in one state that. Uh, charge a per bobbin charge, you know, or they'll uh, have a charge for this or that. Well, in the next state over, because maybe labor isn't taxed, but materials mm -hmm. are, or vice versa, they'll make different choices about how they structure their rates in order to be more tax advantaged, you know, to the to the client. So right. there's a lot of of little particulars, but that's it's good to have coaching to help you with that. Not only our coaches, but also an accountant. So um, <laughs> how do you when people ask you, hey, how much is it going to be for this, you know, for this quilt that I've made for my uh, niece? You know, do mm -hmm. you 
do you kind of do a, a, a quote on each one? How do you structure your rates? You know, that's a, that's an interesting question. I went back and I watched quite a few of your um, interviews and Linda Teelfold, I know her really well. She's a good friend and her and I have a lot of things in common, how we started out. And um, that first year, um, I just wanted to make sure that I had everything covered and, you know, time. And, and so for that first year, I documented how big the quilts were, how many bobbins I used, what, what thread I used, how much I used of it, um, all of it, my, um, the consult time. And so I, it's now I've got that down to a pretty good um, quote and I don't do um, per inch. Um, it's usually per job, which is my time and what I kind of know inside um, what I'm making. Mm -hmm. So, um, so ballpark. Hmm? Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just asking for that ballpark. <laughs> so ballpark, um, for edge to edge, like on a queen size quilt, um, if it's dense, then I know it's going to be around maybe two, $230, mm -hmm. um, for something that's less, maybe 210. If it, if I go into custom, then then it's probably around or, or a semi-custom, let's say Statler and some hand-guided, then it's going to be around 250. Mm -hmm. So. And for the, the people that are watching, um, what uh, would you say your, uh, um, your average, um, uh, your worst year versus your best year, uh, your, your income that you make on, on your quilts? My worst year was uh, during the pandemic because I had to spend so much time with the accounting with all the, um, the, cause I used to hang, I used to do closely held businesses. So we had to do all the PPP and EIDL loans and the forgiveness. So 2021 20, was my worst year. I didn't take in any quilts. I was just mm -hmm. too, too busy. My best year was 2000. And 17, 17, and it, it, it became, um, my best year because of winning. And I was, I was teaching so much, uh, during the summer and I just, for some reason, I just got into a really good rhythm and I knew what I could, I could make, but I didn't, like I said, I don't, I don't want to be a production that's just not me. I, I, I probably put too much love and effort into my quilts for, for my customers. Um, mm -hmm. and I, and I foresee that coming again, like I'll be able to work at my own pace. I don't have that payment anymore. So I've got to find something that, um, maybe a second machine <laughs> <laughs> to motivate me. So, um, but now get a hold of me after the, uh, after the recording and we'll, <laughs> We'll okay. get one ordered for you. A second machine really does uh, give you a lot of additional flexibility because yeah, um, because you don't have to walk away from the machine after you set up a section. It really does. You can just turn around to the other machine. So don't tell me. <laughs> um, so uh, we got a question from Diana, and uh, she was asking about how do you define semi-custom? And I think there's a, probably a couple different definitions you might have. Yeah, so um, sometimes you'll have a repetitive block in a, in a quilt that we can do, let's just say, a feathered wreath in each one of them, and that would be digitized, right? That would be mm -hmm. through Statler. And then you want more of a fancy border, um, then I can come through with ruler work um, or freehand, freehand, uh, free motion to maybe fill in on some of those other blocks. So it's about 50, sometimes it's 50, 50. Um, sometimes it's heavier on the Statler where it could just be, it could be more like 80%. And then I just do the borders by hand. Mm -hmm. so and i i got that pretty good up here too you're not going to catch me doing a border by hand but okay <laughs> oh but um, the ruler work is so fun it goes quick 
it goes quick if you really know what you're doing. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, um, so uh, do you have additional services and supplies, supplies like uh, offering people batting or wide back fabrics? I, I pretty much just provide batting and I do that through <laughs> um, Hobbs, mm -hmm. Hobbs batting. Mm -hmm. um, and then for, you know, if someone, I will do show quilts for others. And I have, I have gotten awards for that as well. And it's usually double bat, of course, mm -hmm. the cotton and wool. Mm -hmm. And if people want it, will you do things like a piece their backing or do the binding on the quilt or? Yes, for a charge. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So moving right along, what would you say for the people that are watching, what would you say uh, is the hardest part of growing your business? Hardest part. What did you find difficult? Um, I, I, I don't know about hardest part. I think it is, it is keeping a balance um, and knowing how much, how much time each quilt is going to take you so that you don't, overextend yourself overextend yourself and promise people um a time frame and then all of a sudden you're caught off guard going i didn't i did not calculate that right to make that phone call and tell your customer that it's going to be another two three weeks that's the hardest that's not the hardest fun. phone call to make yeah it's not fun no <laughs> so i think is really i just to be mindful of how long these some of these quilts can take. Mm -hmm. Are there any uh, changes in technology that have happened since you started that have made it easier to run your business now than before? You mentioned using the the photo of the customer's quilt in the mm -hmm. software. I know you wouldn't have been able to do that at the very beginning. Is there anything else that wow. that is? Uh, um, I mean, Pattern Cloud is great that we didn't have when we first started. Um, and I think the Facebook groups, um, when you run into problems with your machines, you know, if you if you can't, if you're on a deadline and you need an answer really quickly, um, I never used to utilize that. And now I find myself going there to, to help people. Um, I, I know, uh, you know, tech support can help you with a lot of things. Uh, and we've got tech support open 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day of the week, including weekends. But what we can't help you with is a picture of a quilt. And I've never done a double wedding ring. What pattern should I put on this quilt? Exactly. But the Facebook <laughs> people will help you with that. Yes, they will. And they'll give you all kinds of ideas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll let you take this one. Can I tell them? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Now, Jolene, I just, who would you say has been your biggest either cheerleader or support system through this journey that you've been taking? Well, my family definitely, is, they've been supportive, um, but their their knowledge of quilting is on a different level. They're just, yeah, mom, we, we love what you're doing. That's great. But I would say it's my quilting peers. Um I'll say it. Lisa Kaye is one of my my best friends, and she taught me how to use rulers and 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 the a lot of my teachers that I've I've had classes from Jody Robinson, Linda Teelfold. All of them have wanted me to just accelerate and and give to the community of quilters and and i love them dearly for it <laughs> that's awesome yeah. um what kind of impact has the quilting money and the control of your personal schedule made in your life well if i hadn't if i hadn't been a, an accountant in the beginning um i could i could say that the quilting makes me get up in the morning on a regular work schedule but not feeling like work and the and the process of quilting has brought me so much joy and the ability to share that with others um 
has given me the confidence that um, even if I make a mistake, I'm okay with it. I'm not devastated. We just pick up the pieces and we go forward. Um, so it's it's caused really great regimented habits for me. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you know, and the, did you have something else to add to that? No, I was going to say, and the money um, is secondary. Honestly, it's like yeah, it pays the bills and it pays for my batting and. And I'm rewarded, but um, I just really like what I do. <laughs> um, let me, I wanted to ask one more thing. Um, sure. There's a, a lot of the people that are watching are either thinking of starting uh, their own business or, or maybe in the beginning stages of it. Um, can you think of anything that you wish that someone would have told you when you first started this? Um, Information that you wish you would have had? It's it's a hard thing to say, but you can be choosy with the work that you decide to, to do. And mm -hmm. what I mean, which you've probably heard it, the wonky borders, the, the but this was my grandmother's and it's it's hand-pieced and it's falling apart and you want to quilt that quilt for others but you've got to be realistic too um i tried to do i tried to do those things and it weighed my time down a lot um not regretful but i wouldn't do it again <laughs> and you mentioned a lot about uh kind of over committing and overextending and, mm -hmm. and things like that. And that's, that's kind of sounds like it's related to that also. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thankfully you can renegotiate a, uh, a completion date on a quilt. I know that the IRS doesn't let you move the date of April 15th, although there's extensions. I'm not sure how that works, but uh, yes, <laughs> but you can mm -hmm. renegotiate the completion date of a quilt. Yes, you can. Or you can have a hurricane and make your extension go all the way into January. <laughs> ah, that's a, that's a neat trick. Oh, uh, so, so Jolene, if if uh, mm -hmm. if somebody the the ten year ago version of yourself uh, was was looking at 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 jumping into the same uh, the same path that you've taken, uh, I mean it's twenty twenty four now, right? Everything's right. different. Or is it? Mm -hmm. Could somebody else just do it just like you did? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there is a lot of work and it's not only the traditional piecing, it's the modern quilt movements. They're still very active in piecing and, oh, absolutely. And, and if anybody wants to do it, just get with someone that will grab you up and show you the way, because there's a lot of work to do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as I, I can see it only getting better with technology, how that is possible. I don't know. Maybe if our Statlers would have a, uh, automatic coffee pot. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Well, before we uh, move on to uh, Donna and Mike, I, there was one other, uh, question that, uh, somebody had put on here. Uh, how much do you charge for binding a quilt? Can you tell us about that real quick? Everyone knows how much, uh, if they know me personally, they know how much I dread it. <laughs> um, one of your least favorite things to do? It's one of my least, because there's not that much creativity. Now, if they want like a piped binding, I'll get I'll get my, you know, antlers up for that um, because it's more creative. Um, but for a queen size, full, are you talking about binding just on one side with the machine or fully binded. No, they didn't specify. She didn't specify, no. Uh, well, it's $25 for just for me to put the binding on the on the one side. And then $75 if they want it stitched down. And I do not do hand binding. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, only on my show quilts. <laughs> well, Donna's shaking her head on that one too. Some <laughs> people love some people love to do that, but uh I guess to each their own, right? Uh, yeah, and that's, I mean, I have, I have some of my own personal quilts in stages and those quilts that need binding, those, those seem to accumulate, <laughs> but, um, and when I start doing them, like if I have a two or three to do, I'm like, why did I wait so long? This isn't that bad, <laughs> but yeah. But it's not creative. 
it, it's it not creative. It doesn't no. fill that need. No. So, so we're going to switch over to Donna and Mike, but don't forget, Julene, that if you have a comment to add, uh, you're, you're sure. still, still here with us. Thank you so okay. much. Oh, thank um, you so much. I really appreciate being here. Yes. Thank you. It's very, it's been very enriching listening to what you had to share about your journey. Aww, thank you. So, so uh, Donna and Mike, I don't know who wants to do the most talking. I suppose that you'll, you might split it. Who's, I don't Who's know. the big talker in this couple? It depends on what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so I know where home for you guys is. You, you don't live very far from the Gamble factory. Right. Yep. Um, I thought I'd seen those guys around. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so uh, Mike uh, used to work at Gamble before he retired, and he still has uh, his son works here and his daughter-in-law. And I don't know, maybe other people, because it's a small town and people are related to lots of other people. He's got a niece here, too. Donna's niece, My niece. works here. Ah, well, I'll have to find out who that is. Uh, so uh, how long have you been long arm quilting? Well, Mike started it. He, oh, he Mike bought, started it. He started it. Yes, he did quilting. Um, he bought a home craft. It was an industrial machine called a dress dressmaker. Dress okay. machine. What was it? Yeah, he he bought a dress machine. Dress machine, that's what it was. Industrial machine, just called a dress industrial machine. Yeah, okay. This must have been a very long time ago. Home craft, like these singers that we used to sell. Yep. Those singers. That was in 1999. Okay, all right. Why on earth did you decide to get that machine and start long arming? Well, you know, I've been with Gamels for a while, and I've been playing with the machines at shows and stuff like that. So he had one for sale. So I decided to buy it. It was one that somebody traded it in, got a got a gamble machine, whatever he was selling at that time. It's probably the green machines like the Noltings made for us. Um, anyway, and then uh, Donna was afraid to do it because she didn't think she could do it. And finally, uh, 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 no, it was intimidating, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that, because I did a lot of sewing, but not with a quilting machine. So It sounds like Mike forced this on you. <laughs> sort of, sort of. <laughs> then he bought a DC-1. Okay, all right, so you're moving bigger, up. It was bigger than the home craft machine, mm -hmm. and I still said, no way. Mm-hmm. And one day he was sewing along and he says, come on, come on. Why don't you do it? Why don't you work on it? And I did. And I loved it. Mm. So I, I got a cheater cloth and made the first quilt. <laughs> or mm -hmm. Long arm the first quilt in, I think it was 2012 when I started doing wow. the long arm army. Okay. 12 years ago. Um, so is that the machine you're still using today? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we bought a um, an eighteen eight uh, needle positioner, okay, from uh, Richard Walker, mm -hmm. and uh, we use that. That's her workhorse. Uh, she still has that machine, right? And then we bought a Classic Plus from Mister Gamble, okay. And then we traded. Now that you're in. starting to get into machines that regular people yeah, use all the time so we started out in the paleolithic and then the jurassic and now we're moving up into the modern times right. okay and now i have a brand new uh vision 2 22 nice aha uh -huh. nice uh, with the stitch regulator and a needle positioner right well there's no reason to be afraid of that machine no no that so you you've stayed hand guided the whole time yes wow he said I do an, did an excellent job on that. She does without, real good work. Her stitch length, stitch. before she even got the stitch uh, regulator, she had good stitches with a, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, needle sister machine. She was just a natural. You got to be a natural to do the non-stitch regulated stitching and get the stitch length right. 
it, it, it took me a while to make, I had to make her to go down there and work on that uh, 22 Visions 2 stitch regulator. Uh, and finally she decided to go start using it. Oh, you had to convince her with that one too, huh? <laughs> yes, I did. I did. No, did. I'm starting to see a pattern here. She's so used to that machine. It still intimidated me, just like the other ones. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was different. So how did you guys find customers to grow your business? Just word of mouth. They knew I was quilting. And I did a, we did a quilt for a play. Each block was different and you quilted that one. And so from then on, people says, do you do quilting? That was for the uh, DA, uh, the veterans thing, wasn't it? No. It was the moving wall. Yeah, the moving wall, the veteran yeah. deal. And y'all did a quilt. To, to, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that kind of helped get the word out. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, friends would do quilts and and, and ask me to do, do the long arming on them. And, and then we had some friends uh, from Texas. Matter of fact, she bought one of the quilting machines that we, the, the, dress I think was the dress machine mm -hmm. and then she started talking to people in, in Houston Texas and so they would send their quilts to me through the mail wow that's where most of your uh, clientele was from yes. Houston Texas now we're getting a lot of local several local uh, customers mm -hmm. several of those mm -hmm. and if I get in a bind he has to help because now we have two machines <laughs> ah, you got the labor to run both of them. And then I have an in-house mechanic too. Hmm. <laughs> to, to figure out that you didn't clean the lint out of the bobbin case or what? You, I have no you shouldn't, need a, shouldn't need an in-house mechanic. <laughs> Most of the time I tell her it's just uh, operator error too. <laughs> so, uh, so do either one of you have a uh, a nine to five type job or are you both retired but for the quilting? I was cleaning houses when I started long arming. So mm -hmm. I would I had six to, six or seven places to clean houses and businesses. And it got to where to the point where I had to quit one of them. I couldn't quilt or do long arm and clean other people's houses. And so I retired um, 2019, I think it was. From, mm -hmm. from cleaning houses. From cleaning houses. Mm -hmm. So now I, that's all I do is long arm quilting now. Mm -hmm. And he retired, what, three years ago? Two, three years ago. Well, so you had to decide either to retire from cleaning houses or to retire from quilting, why did you decide to stick with quilting? I was going to ask the same thing. <laughs> because I love to do quilts myself. And my business was, I was getting more and more clients. And so I thought, it's less work quilting than it was cleaning people's houses. So, mm -hmm. and my body was getting kind of worn out too. Mm -hmm. so uh customer wise you say it's it's been strictly uh word of mouth yes and has that grown as time has gone on oh yes a lot you have put some business cards at quilt shops and gotten some that away too yeah i i have business cards and which our son designed for me <laughs> and um uh, I do have a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. So uh, how many hours a week would you figure you have your machines running? You've got two machines. Two machines. I'd say from four to six hours. Mm -hmm. A week? A week? Are you talking about a week or? or well, I kind of figured four to six is four to six hours a day. A day? Yeah. yeah, it's from four to six a day. Depending on how many quilts I have. <laughs> I want to know how much work Mike does. <laughs> None. None. Unless I have a problem with the machine. 
I'm retired. I go mm. fishing. <laughs> Interesting. He's getting in trouble. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to have a talk after, after this. Is a, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Donna, how, how do you figure your rates? Is it a per square inch deal? Yes, it is. Per mm -hmm. square. And do you do strictly edge to edge or do you do custom or both? Wait a minute. I, I charge by the inch. Mm -hmm. so yeah now what was the other question uh and it, so mostly you do just edge to edge free motion or or pantograph style or Most of custom the, uh pantograph edge to edge uh i do some ruler work some uh stitch in the ditch but not very much she i'm does, not crazy about it she does the meandering uh work looks like a puzzle and, and like i said she does real that looks beautiful too it looks great yeah i'm learning the ruler and and uh, i've done some block work but most of it i'd say 99 percent of it is pantograph edge to edge mm -hmm. about how many quilts a, a year would you say you do oh my <laughs> Or, or per week maybe is easier. I don't know. Well, this year I did a, 119 quilts. And is that, is that your best year? Oh, no. I did 127 one year. Uh-huh. Okay. So. And, and what would you, what would you estimate is your, um, your price that you would charge for an average uh, quilt? For like a queen. Yeah. Well, I know there's no such thing as an average quilt. Yes. <laughs> like a queen. They're all different. <laughs> yes. I had to go from individual would bring me a quilt and say, this is a queen. And I'd look at it and, and measure it. And I go, there's no way this was a queen. So I was charging by this, by the king, queen, like regular king and queen anyway. And I said, no, I can't do that. So I got online asking people how much they charged and it was by the inch mm -hmm. so or by the square so inch yeah link times width and how much you wanted to charge and so i went to that and it, it was um it, it made me relax <laughs> better mm -hmm. on charging it that way than them bringing the quilts in and say this is a queen and it was a king so yeah a little bit of misrepresentation going on there right well, and so in a rural area like here, uh, what's your per inch uh, price? Well, I've been charging a penny, but he he doesn't like it. No, I, didn't I bet he doesn't. It's, he knows he knows you could easily get a penny and a quarter or a penny and a half. <laughs> yeah. but, I agree. <laughs> have you looked at the price of beef lately? Right. <laughs> well, here in West Plains, you know it. it it's a rural area and uh, you'd have an older lady come in and tell and you'd they would ask me how much I would charge for one and they go you know their mouth would just drop yeah so well yeah. I understand she bought the fabric on sale but still she <laughs> yeah she did buy all that fabric and put it together and she would yeah. like to have it finished um <laughs> do, do you uh do you sell uh batting or any uh wide back fabrics i have batting yes hobs mm -hmm. i love hobs and um uh, uh i don't usually have bat, bat the backing fabric i have them to bring the back backing to mm -hmm. and do you do other services uh binding piecing t-shirt you, you you have something to do with t-shirt quilts don't you yes i do <laughs> i've made t-shirt quilts i've even made other quilts um i do the binding if they want me to um all right now i'm working on a double wedding ring it's the first one i've ever done the binding on or even quilted it so this is a challenge to me right now um and I'm charging extra for that too. <laughs> Good girl. Now, when you do a t-shirt quilt, that
that's typically for a customer that is not a quilter or a sewer themselves. Uh, right. What does a t-shirt quilt cost to have done? Oh my. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's not enough. Three not enough. Three or 400. <laughs> All right. Depending on uh, the size, really. Yeah. Yeah. I, I talk to people. I hear from people all the time, uh, quilters that are always asking for advice on uh, on how to do a, a t-shirt uh, quilt. Because and most of the people I've talked to hate doing them. But it, it, do you find is that the case with you, or or not so much? Oh, I love doing the the t-shirt quilts. You, there's a step you have to do that you normally wouldn't do with a regular quilt. You have to put a stabilizer on the back of the the t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the secret. Right. Well, I think there's a couple secrets actually. That's where getting some training can be really yeah, you, helpful. You gotta get them right in this, you know. <laughs> yeah. Don't cut it out wrong. You'll you can't you can't I had one question. Um I was looking at your Facebook site and the word quillo is in there. Yes. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> it's a quilt. That you fold up into a pillow. It's got like a pocket sewn onto the back of it. It's about a lap size quilt. <laughs> lap, lap size. I was making quillows before I made quilts. And yeah, you fold it up in a certain way and roll it into the pocket and it looks like a pillow. Okay. Pillows. Mm -hmm. I need to research this. <laughs> so, uh, what was the hardest part for you for growing your business? I really didn't have any, um, like I said, word of mouth. And it just, it bloomed from there. It just, it, mm -hmm. it amazes me every year that I still have, I have more customers than I had the year before. Mm -hmm. I've lost a few because of deaths and uh, they just quit quilting. So and one of the questions we, uh, I, I know the answer to this one, I think. Uh, who Who is your biggest cheerleader? <laughs> but I think it's more of a prodder or, you know. Hey, I, you know, I, I, need to, I need to go on this fishing trip so you, she needs to make some more money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't do that. He it's, doesn't get a dime. I don't get a dime from it. <laughs> I buy new machines with it. It's not going to be pretty at that house after uh -uh, this trip. No. <laughs> so, <Hi>. so Don, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to ask um, Donna, what kind of impact has the quilting money and the control of your personal schedule made in your life? And I know that with cleaning houses, you may have had some control over schedule, but only sort of. Well, I, I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> uh, Do you feel like you have more control over your schedule? Um, over your, your I life? I, your time? I know I don't have to get up and go somewhere. Now, I can get up and go quilt whenever I want to. So, yeah, that would be a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you get to tell people when it's going to be done. So you can right. say June if you want to. You right. know. Right. They've and just I can tell them when to come and bring their quilts too. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. What is something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I would have I told you to get a, a higher feature level machine a lot earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yes. that should have got a Statler. Uh, should have got that vision a long time ago. I've never really wanted a Statler because of computers, uh, but I did want a stitch regulator and a needle positioner, so mm -hmm. that that made a difference in in my quilting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What? 
What is a needle positioner? I don't even know what that is. You can make the needle so, stay up or stay down. Yep. Oh, oh. Okay. Gotcha. They had it first. They, they were just needle positioner. It was needle stopped up and down. Otherwise, when you oh. turn the machine off, it just the needle coasts and it stops whenever. I see. That was the first machine that we had. When Some I people call it the half stitch. No stitch. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I like it when it stays down and I want to change something. So, so back okay. then, a needle positioner was getting a needle positioner was like getting a statler for a lot of people now, you know. Uh, wow. You old timers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, here's one mm -hmm. of those other questions that I, I'm a little bit afraid what you're going to answer some of these, but uh, what's something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started? And it's interesting because I see Micah as having prodded you a, quite a bit to uh, to do this just so that he could have his fishing money. But <laughs> What what is something that you wish somebody would have told you when you first started? Um, how much easier it is to complete a quilt, probably. <laughs> mm -hmm. You didn't even think you could do it. Oh, Mike had to prod you into it. That, that machine intimidated me. It was so big. And and when you move the machine, it sewed. And I thought, okay, I got to look at the pattern and move the machine at the same time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that was a different time than today. I mean, these days, people have already been trained on how to use it before the delivery day even comes. And then when we set it up, we don't just set it up and leave. We... We watch you do your first quilt. We bring the fabric and the batting and everything, and we watch the the customer do it to make sure that they're uh, that they're on the horse and riding it before we leave. <laughs> yeah, and nowadays when when somebody gets a new machine, they get uh, automatically they get a new owner training uh, with it with a whole bunch of uh, yeah. a whole video course that comes with it. Yeah, I know. We I went to a few. She uh, went with me on some deliveries where deliveries. I did some training, set up and training. And the, some mm -hmm. of the shows. And then she's been to the, some of the shows with me and she got to play with them. So I got my feet wet there. <laughs> Fantastic. So uh, if if somebody uh, wanted to try starting a hand guiding quilting business like you did, uh, I know you started a long time ago, but do you see any reason why a, a lady who wanted to try doing this or a fella, I suppose, uh I suppose. yeah i suppose yeah. <laughs> i mean uh the 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 quilts are out there to be done aren't they yes more and more yeah yeah would both of you uh both of our panelists all three of our people agree guests. that <laughs> panelists <laughs> guests people we're talking to um that do you do you see that there is a uh, still a market out there is there a lot of uh customers and you know that are you think are available yes. oh yes oh yes absolutely yeah absolutely yeah i know we're getting ready to wrap up um I, I wanted to give um both of you a chance if uh you can tell how someone can get in touch with you whether it's your facebook or whatever um uh, my email is uh, allquiltedtogether at gmail.com. And I didn't look. I, th I think I'm on Instagram as um, All Quilted Together and Facebook, I believe. That's it. Wonderful. Thank you. Mine is the quillopatch at gmail.com. Gmail. That's her email. Yeah, at gmail.com. And then her Facebook is the Quillow Patch. Fantastic. It was such a pleasure to have you guys here with us tonight. Uh, my Our first one of the new year. That's right. My, my hope is that, um, that as people um, listen to the stories that you've told, that they can help 
maybe that it will help them to imagine where they want to take their life. I was listening to a podcast myself, and uh, the the co-host on there, she said something that I really liked. She says, you can tell me you won't do it, but don't tell me you can't do it. And I thought, you know, sometimes that kind of spunky attitude is really what we need to do. When we have something that we want to do, we can just stop saying, I can't do it, I can't do it. And uh, except either maybe we won't, or maybe we could. So, or try. Um, yeah, just <laughs> give try. it a try. Yeah. Yes. What's the worst that could happen? A few quilts get finished. So, <laughs> guys, we want to thank you guys so much for joining us. Jolene, it has been a, a pleasure listening to oh, your story. Thank and, you. Uh, one I thing I would say to Donna is make Mike do a little more work. <laughs> well, I think that's a good last word. <laughs> oh, I Thank put him to work. There you go. There you go. Have a nice evening. Sweet. Thank you guys. Thanks. Thanks. Bye, guys. Good night. Bye, Joey. Nice meeting you. Thank you for joining us today on Quilting Business Success. We hope you've been inspired by these stories of quilters just like you who have turned their dreams into reality. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. One of the best things you can do to support us is to write a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. Those reviews help bring us up in the algorithm so that more quilters are exposed to our show. What would you like to change in your life? And what steps can you take today to bring you closer to the life that you want?